to another episode of Not So Trivial Pursuits, a podcast where we discuss comics, films, TV series, literature, and everything in between. I am Dan Fleek. And I am Jesse Cassett. Yes. So today we are going to talk about the troubled story and production of the not-so-beloved film Justice League. (laughs) Yes. Sad. Sad story. (laughs) It is. It is sad. So, there are many people who think that Justice League is a bad movie, and they may not necessarily be wrong. No, maybe not. Could it have been better? Was it played from the beginning by many different producers, writers, and other film execs vying to have their say? We think that it was. Oh, yeah. So, during this episode, we will be using Justice League as a type of example to show all of you how much a movie can change from its original inception no relation to that film (laughs) 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 and uh to the final how it changes to the final product that you eventually see in theaters hint this one is a lot yes and it can be a lot oh it can be quite a bit So, Justice League was originally written by a team of writers, which was uh, very is very common in the film industry. Quite common. Yeah. Um, the original script and story was written by Chris Terrio, who has other film credits. He's, he's he did not Argo. He did Argo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my man, <laughs> Zack Snyder. Um, Mixed feelings. <laughs> Uh, while the script that was used in the final version of like the complete finished version of the film, which was heavily edited from the original, uh, was rewritten by Joss Whedon and uh, Chris Terrio as well. But only uh, yes, they used some small parts that Snyder had, um, but they largely written. cut out. A lot of what he wrote, right? Yes. Or just heavily edited it. Yeah. Because yeah. Snyder filmed a, most of what he he wrote. And they did then, reshoots as well. Yeah, extensive reshoots. <laughs> um, uh. Uh, but they left Snyder out of the the final story and script and screenplay that they did. But mm. with Just between Joss Whedon and uh, Chris Terrio. Chris Terrio is <clears> basically <throat> just like his little... He's yeah. kind of just like his, his follow-on guy. I mean, yeah, he, he, he just kind of followed what what uh, whoever was in charge, I guess, yeah. and the executive said to do, and he just kind of wrote off of that. And I think he just basically went with Joss Whedon once they did that. Whedon, yeah. Whedon, I, I don't know. I, I say Whedon. That's that's what I go with. That's I just I don't know if I heard that from somewhere, if that's kind of what I go with, but I go with Whedon. I usually say Whedon. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if it matters. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> It doesn't matter because he made a crappy version <laughs> of Justice League. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of Snyder's parts were written over or just cut out completely. So yeah, yeah. There, there. His his original version was definitely different than I'm sure that it was what happened in the real film. And I think that one of the reasons why they brought Joss uh, Whedon on originally was because of his success with the Avengers franchise. Is that not correct? Yes. Um, Similar team superhero dynamic type movie. Yes. They they <clears throat> they sort of panicked with the critical reception of Batman v Superman. So uh, that was their the first big one. 
Yeah. First big boy. The post post Nolan. Yes. First big boy post Nolan. They had Man of Steel, which Snyder did with Nolan. It went over fairly well. Bit. It went over fairly well. Yeah, I think Christopher Nolan's production company handled that one. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. So he had a decent. It went over well, critically and definitely financially. Yep. Um, but then they did Batman v Superman, where it also did well financially. But well, I mean, everyone had to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the first it. time Batman and Superman are on screen together. You got to see it. Um, but it uh, commercially and critically, I don't critically, think it, it was definitely good. got pooped all over. The fans, a lot of the fans didn't like it either. Yeah, a lot of fans didn't, but some. Uh, there's subsects of fans <laughs> that some do thoroughly some. enjoyed it and defend it to the death, uh, yep. and Snyder himself. Um, so after that film, they went directly like weeks, maybe even days after they started filming um, Justice League in London. After so there was no yes. So there after it premiered. Yeah. So there was no. Um, Cushion time, I suppose, where you could see the reactions no of it. Yeah, no buffer. Uh, where you could see the reactions of it and you could kind of somewhat at least adjust to where you're going to go from there. Uh, Snyder said that he always had a plan with Justice League to be on the lighter side, whereas Batman v Superman, one of the biggest complaints is that it's dark. Yeah, I mean, with Justice League, you have some kind of... You have guys that are more fun, naturally. Yeah, especially like Flash. with the people you cast in there. Yep. You have uh, uh, Jason Momoa, who's he's a fun almost guy. only a fun guy. Yep. I mean, he can he likes do to have a good time. Else, other things, but he, he likes to have a good time. On uh, The Flash, inherently, as Ezra, a... Uh, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, yes. He, he's done... A, actually, he's done a decent amount in his... I'm going to say that he has a short career. He yeah. hasn't been around for too long, but he's actually been pretty all over the place. Yeah. Um, definitely a pretty, not very, but pretty wide range of different kind of roles that he's had. Yeah, he's tried tried certain different flavors out. Yeah, yeah, which is definitely good to start. It's good early. as a young actor to show your range. Yeah. Um, and then you have the, the surefire hit with uh, Wonder Woman. People yeah, loved her. Solid. They loved her in Batman v Superman. One of the few positives that even the critics agreed with. Um, She's a good choice. Yeah, definitely a good choice. I, li- I like her as Wonder Woman quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> and then you you have all these characters interacting, so it's obviously a lighter tone in general. Um, but since you had no buffer for that reaction, Snyder kind of continued whatever vision that he had already decided as an overarching uh, film universe. Yeah. So it got to a certain point with the filming, and they had test footage and stuff like that that the executives at Warner Brothers saw, and they apparently didn't like it too much. <laughs> they they definitely... Now, what, what about it did they not like so much? Um, I think that it might have just been part overreaction to the critical response of Batman v Superman and the darkness and stuff like that. The darkness. <laughs> the darkness. <laughs> and the part of, uh, I think they saw some of the darkness that he had already filmed in this film of Justice League. It's not even that dark. It's not. Well, I mean, in the final Yeah, version, in the final cut. The final version. I don't think it was that much darker in the original version either. I think they just kind of 
saw a little bit of darkness and then they kind of like overreacted to where they were like, all right, we need to overhaul this entire operation. So then they bring in Joss Whedon. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was originally they they brought him in. So they brought him in with Snyder's blessing. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they brought him in with Snyder's blessing. And he knew he knew at that time he's like yeah, they're like hey this is the rewrite guy. Um, I like, think why would he sign off on that? I think that he was like kind of uh, so with like Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. more so Man of Steel. I think Christopher Nolan was a big, uh, I don't know if I would say supporter, but a big kind of like buffer between the executives and Zack Snyder. Okay. So he kind of kept them off of his back so that he could kind of just do what he wanted to do with this film and this universe he wanted to be. You gotta let the boy cook. Yeah, you gotta (laughs) let him, you gotta let him cook. (laughs) So he kind of kept him off his back. Batman v Superman, I think he at least mostly kept him off his back. I don't know how much he was involved with that one. Uh, I think he at least had a producer credit, so I think he kind of helped with that. Stepped back a decent amount, though. I think Justice League was kind of like, all right, here you go. Pretty hands off. You're on your own. You got it, mate. Yeah, and then they finally got a hold of it, the executives, and they're like, hey, Zach, I think that uh, we need to do a little bit of editing on this film. Let's banter it up. Yeah, (laughs) let's banter it up with some... Weird, uh, quote unquote, funny stuff. Funny, because I don't think that it was very funny. Well, Wedden is—he's like very known for his uh, his yeah. light-hearted, <clears throat> bantery, yeah, approach to things. For sure. If you've seen anything that he's done, any kind of TV, any kind of movie, you can easily pick up on on his his hand at work in <laughs> yeah. the Justice League script. Oh yeah. And if you've seen Buffy, Firefly, Avengers, what have you, exactly. you can easily see him at work back there. Yep. Making it sound like his stuff usually sounds. And that did definitely seemed like the kind of thing that they were looking for. They're like, "Hey, we saw what you did with Avengers. We want you to come in and kind of I guess Avengers this up with the uh They're like they're like make it sell. Yeah, make sell it sell. It. So, the problem with that is when you say make it sell to a brand new director and his vision is, or I don't even know if you would call it a vision, because what seemed like most of the thing was um, Zack Snyder had a vision from the start, or at least from Batman v Superman, with the whole universe. Well, it's like... A general story of the universe. Yeah, it's it's like, hey, uh, here's all this stuff that we already shot. Just rewrite the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I think it started with rewrite that. Rewrite the dialogue <laughs> of these scenes, and we'll, we'll just match it up. Yeah. Uh, That's so the way it started. And then eventually the reshoots came, because they were like, well, that didn't that didn't blend. Yeah, it definitely didn't blend. And then the reshoots came, and then there was the whole... And it still didn't really. Didn't, That's why you have a lot didn't. of weird, awkward parts. I think a lot of that is they could have fixed it if they... If, if the executives and the studio would have budged with the release date because there were two really, really big things with the film that they would not um, change. They would not allow to be changed. It won, one was the November 17th release date. That, that is not, when it came out, right? Yes. November 17th. 2018? 17. 17. 17. Pretty sure. Yeah. 
are... It was 17. Yeah, 17. The, 20, the November 17th, they would not budge from. And... <clears throat> what was the other thing? They would not budge from that, and they would not budge from... Shit. I don't know. <laughs> like. Well, the November 17th one, that, of course... Had caused an infamous snowball effect, if you if you will, um, by not not moving from that date. That meant that the Superman actor, of course, Henry Cavill, was not able to get in the Superman facial. He would he was not able to shave off his mustache, which yeah. he was, of course, he had and was growing for a Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes, um, and um, so. He, Jesse knows a little bit more of the story behind that than I do. Yeah, this part, I don't... Like, most of this stuff is, like, multiple sources type stuff I've heard it from, but the the mustache thing... A lot of hearsay, but it's true. It's, it's hearsay, but it's definitely from a lot of sources and some people that worked on the film. Um, but with the mustache thing, I'm not quite as sure, but I'm pretty sure what happened was... Um, he had the mustache already. They were yeah. filming Mission Impossible Fall, and they're like, hey, man, come back. Let's do some reshoots for this movie. And he was like... He's like, I got the stash. I got the I got stash. The stash. Um, let's talk with uh, talk with uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who McQuarrie, directs... Yeah, McQuarrie. Uh, McQuarrie, who directs uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and let's mm-hmm. see what we can do with it. And I'm pretty sure that that director of Mission Impossible said... Hey, because Warner Brothers obviously is is doing Mission Impossible and Justice League. Yeah. And he said, hey, Warner Brothers, we can halt production of Mission Impossible for a while. He can shave all of it, (laughs) and then we can let him grow it back and then start filming again. And that would obviously delay the release of this movie. And they said, no, we're not delaying anything. No. Just CGI it out. We want. So they shaved the sides, the stubble on the sides, left the mustache. Because yeah, in the Mission Impossible, he has like the, he has like a side stubbleish. Yeah, he has a side stubble, but which mostly, but mostly the mustache. The mustache. They're like, no, we can't shave the mustache. So they CGI'd it out in Justice League. That's why it looks really and weird. That's why it looks really, really bad. It looks most so bad. Of the time, all most of the time. Sides so like one, one. Yeah, time. there's, and that's the one. Or a couple few scenes they used that was from Zack Snyder's cut, which makes it blend even worse because it just looks different anyway. Yeah. And you can tell the reshoots because of, one, Superman, and two, uh, a lot of the background CGI on the reshoots is pretty bad as well. It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like... laughably <laughs> dumb. It is. It's, it's really weird that they... Decided not to let it go in production for longer, yeah. um, just to stick with that release date. I don't, I'm not really sure why they did that, but that was definitely a thing they would not... Oh, that was the other thing that they wouldn't budge from, is the two-hour um, length limit. They would not go over two hours no matter what. Okay. That, which was, it's kind of weird. They, so they would not allow Justice League to be over two hours worth of screen time. Yes, which I think was uh, because some of the reaction to Batman v Superman, especially the director's cut. Well, the director's cut is over was, three hours, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, the original yeah, so version is like some like, Lawrence of Arabia type <laughs> stuff right It's there. at least two and a half hours, so I think they were just Godfather like... Godfather type stuff. We gotta keep it short, just because they're like, we gotta overreact to everything. Yeah. Um, Sell it. 
Yeah, you have to make Sell it, it extremely sellable. I want the most marketable film I can get. Exactly. It's like, what What can I sit down and watch today and, or just put on in the background? Oh, Justice League? Okay. Like, why does hours. Marvel sell movies well and we don't? Yeah, and they just decide to, instead of figure that out, they just say, we'll just copy them, which is a Let's big apply mistake. their same formula to our movie, which is not the same. And you know how we do that? Hire their old director. Let's get Joss. Let's get Joss. To he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Avengers it up Avengers for some reason. Um, yeah, they got Joss. He he definitely ventured. Avengers, I guess, would be the proper. Avengers did. Avengers did up. Did up. Um, he used the same kind of dynamic. He used the uh, a lot of the similar storytelling tropes. Yeah. He used the some similar kind of cringeworthy comedy, um, like the Flash falling on <laughs> Wonder Woman's breast Upper area. Side. <laughs> <laughs> and what was, happened? With, oh, that was what happened with Hulk and Black Widow. And yeah, in Age yeah. of Ultron. Yes. Yeah, he's not that original, this guy, huh? Yeah, he's like copying his own work. It's like Seems. he just he has just been doing the same stuff. Yeah. Ever since Buffy. I mean, what? I didn't even say that, but I did. <laughs> it's like they said, come in and copy Avengers. And he was like, oh, literally copy Avengers? So I'll do so it. Like, yeah, basically do that. And he was like, okay. Yeah, so, so he did. It can be done. It can be done because I will do it. I have no shame in copying myself. There was also a weird thing that I noticed where in the – it's – so things have changed so much in this short span of time. Like – in, in Batman or Superman, Bruce Wayne is like, oh, man, yeah. I hate <laughs> Superman so much. He's so evil and he's yep. so bad. He's going to destroy the world. But – and what is this? Probably like a year later or something? I feel like it's, Screen time. it's not even a year yeah, later. Like it's a like year like max. pretty close to like what just happened. Like so, they have time to recover Metropolis and rebuild a bit, but it's not like years later. So we'll say maximum of a, a year's worth of time later. Yeah. Batman has completely done a, a 180, <laughs> which is something that if you're any any familiar with that character, he doesn't change his mind yes. that easily he's ever. He's a very stubborn guy. Yeah. He's, he <laughs> thinks about things for a long time, and when he makes a decision, he stays with it. He yep. sticks with it basically forever. Pretty much. Yeah. And, unless there's something drastic. But in less than a year's time, he has decided that, oh, wait, no, I was actually 100% wrong, and now Superman <laughs> is actually the savior of planet Earth, and we need him, and I want to do all this crazy necromancy stuff to bring him back to life. Yeah. Um... Sure, man. Batman. Quite different in this film. Yeah. He's, um... He also is, like, now a fanboy worshiper of Superman. He's like, he was the best, man. Yeah. He was so cool. It was... It's weird to see how much he... It's almost like they they looked at Batman v Superman and they said, we're going to ignore what happened in this film and just go with, um... We're just going to wing it. We're just going to wing it and go with, like, they have the same chemistry that they do after years together in the comics. In the Justice League, they're like, yeah, we're like old pals. Yeah, they act like they're old pals, but they knew each other. They did not get along for a long time. They didn't get along. They did not get along for a long time. And then they fight alongside each other, and all of a sudden they're brothers. I don't don't know where it came from. It, It feels like the work of Joss Whedon, because from what I've heard in the original version... Batman um, kind of regretted what he did 
to Superman, and he feels guilty for getting him killed. And he has kind of a, a Dark Knight Returns-esque death wish, where I wouldn't call it, like, suicide, but he's looking for, quote, a how do good I, death. How do I leave this life? Yes, he wants to do something good, for myself. but still wants to die, sort of. Also, I mean, I feel like it's not only Joss, because I don't love the guy. I don't hate the guy. I like some things. I don't like other things. It really depends on what it is. But I feel like it's not only him. I feel like there's people, some kind of, I don't know who's behind this. I don't know names, but execs, studio type guys back there, they're just trying to make the most marketing movie possible while at the same time... They're copy and pasting, they're cutting, and then it just becomes yeah. this whole convoluted thing. Yeah. It's that's, weird, it doesn't, it's like, it's like some, some of, some Snyder stuff, some Wedden stuff, some random in-between stuff, and it's just <laughs> not, it's not molding together to form this cohesive film, so no. this, this thing that you want to see. Yeah, it's just like, uh, this, this Frankenstein-esque movie that they make where they, they have, stitched all these random parts together yeah they stitched all these random parts together but the biggest thing is that they have no like overarching vision or story to it they just kind of stitch things together and say what looks good going connecting to this scene what looks good connecting to this thing what's a decent ending like what what should we do here and i feel like the only criteria that the like the that warner brothers was like they're like make it fun make it sellable yeah because that was their biggest thing, which is seems to be the reason that they decided, uh, from what I've heard, when Joss Whedon came in, they said, here's X amount of millions, of hundreds of millions of dollars to do your reshoots. <laughs> they really thought this movie was going to cross a billion without a question. It which could have. It could, and I mean, Batman v Superman probably should have, but yeah. it still made over $800 million, so you're thinking... Justice League, yeah, it's going to cross a billion, no doubt. But so you got all the heroes now. Yeah, you have all the all. heroes. But they come in and they say, Joss Whedon, do whatever you need to do. Make it marketable. Make it a sellable. Um, just sell this movie. So they're like, here's X amount of hundreds of millions of dollars. And from what I've seen, it's they definitely spent at least $300 million on this movie, which is a ridiculous amount. <laughs> Um, yeah. A lot of it that is C- the CGI budget. Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee it. They're like, it's not even CGI good. stuff that we don't even need to CGI, like that opening scene with Batman on the rooftop. Yeah, you like, why can't you do a practical effect right why there? Why can't we get a real rooftop? We're going to get this fake water tower, have him do this crazy, <laughs> like, around the side grapple move. Yeah. It looks uh, stupid. This, the first ten minutes, I feel like I'm watching a video game cutscene. Exactly. In one of the Arkham games. It's crazy, because it's either terrible CGI, or the good CGI is like a, just a video game. Yeah. It, it's, there's no in-between. I don't get it. There's those drone thingy. What are those called again? Parademons? Yeah, the parademons. They don't really ever look that good. That doesn't make really much sense either, because... They're like the main villain. They're the main villain, pretty much. I guess. They're a part of the main villain. Batman has trouble beating one. One, yeah. One. There's supposed to be... In the comics, there's armies that of these scene, things. That scene is just so funny as well because <laughs> he, like, grabs on the thing. They, like, fly around all the city, like, crazy. And they end up right back on the exact same roof that the other guy's on. Somehow. He's like, whoa. He's like, whoa, you're back. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, then he ends up thing. saying Alfred's name right in front of this criminal. Criminal. I guess the Batman just decided to... <laughs> 
My identity is is my secret identity is useless now. Yeah, now that Superman's dead, my want. identity is useless. He does that all the time. Yeah, totally. He talks to him. He's like, no one knows who Alfred is. Can't trace him back <laughs> to me, man. For some reason, he does this. But yeah. uh, for the record, that was a Whedon scene. I know that because <laughs> the, the guy who plays the criminal uh, Holt, said Holt McCalkinier. I think that's his name. Yeah, I think so. He said that that was supposed to be a comedic scene. Somehow, that guy is like a—he's just like a random character actor. Yeah, he said him and Whedon had this agreement that they were trying to make it a comedic scene, but even the Warner Brothers executives didn't want that to happen. Holt McCallany—I yep. just remember him from Fight Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's—he's he's a supporting character to his core. Yep. Um, no offense, guy, but yeah, sorry, sorry, Holt. You gotta embrace what you've you played are your role. Yeah, you, for you, the past twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you know where you stand. You know where you're at. Um, yeah. yeah. Probably make more money than me, man. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he comes, he makes these scenes, and that was a Whedon scene, and that was supposed to be a comedy scene, but even Warner Brothers, with their pretty much no storytelling obligations to this movie, said no to that, so... Probably a really bad idea to introduce Batman in your film with comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much your jumping off point to this movie is let's make Batman a joke. And that's kind of where he stays for most of this movie, which is odd to see because, like you said earlier, his previous film, he's super dark. I, I, he's very serious. I mean, he sentences people to death. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he uh, brains people to sentence them to death. He's incredibly scary to criminals. <laughs> he's, like, scampering around the roof, doing all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I personally love Ben Affleck as Batman. Even okay. Batman be Superman. Yeah. I despise him <laughs> in Justice League, which is crazy he's, to he's think. pretty dumb. Yeah. He's making random jokes for no reason when he gets knocked around and... Whenever I, I think, know. whenever I think of this movie, this is like, yeah, he makes jokes when he he just knocked around. He's not freaking Spider Man or something. Yeah, he's not like a witty banter guy. He doesn't have powers. He gets knocked back by spoiler alert. He gets knocked back. Probably should have said that early, but I think whatever. It's past it. Don't listen. <laughs> he gets knocked back by Superman into a police car, and then he makes a joke about what he said in Batman v Superman, saying, "Do you bleed?" He <laughs> said, "I think something's bleeding," and I'm like. Ha <laughs> ha Why is this in this movie? Ha <laughs> so You could have made call, it. Call back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so one, whenever I think of like the representat- representation of Batman in this movie, it's when they're in that final fight in that nuclear silo. <laughs> why do all the worst movies that... Why do all the worst superhero movies have a nuclear silo fight? I yeah. This one has one. X Men Origins Wolverine has an infamous one. <laughs> I think it's a bad sign. So if you're making a superhero movie and you're like, yeah, let's do a final battle in nuclear silo, I'm gonna say that you probably should not do that. Yeah, you definitely ran out of ideas. It's a bad omen. Yeah, but. The scene that I always think of is when they're all in there, they're getting the fight on, Steppenwolf is in there, all the parademons are flying around, Superman just busts in, and then it zoom, it like zooms up to Batman's <laughs> face when he sees Superman. He has this little schoolboy grin on his face. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is like... <laughs> <laughs> he's 
here. Yeah. <laughs> that is like the epitome to me of how wrong they got Batman as a character. So it's just stupid. that one He smile. would not even do that. He wouldn't care. No. And then he has this awkward scene with Superman like a minute later where Superman says, I know you didn't bring me back because you like me. He's like, I don't not like you. Uh, uh, uh. Am I really watching this right now? People got Batman this wrong. They also make Henry Cavill like so wooden. Yeah. Like whenever he delivers his lines, there's like, just be like the smarmiest like 50s guy (laughs) like... I didn't bring you back because I didn't <laughs> dislike you. <laughs> I, Aren't we all such pals, Ace? They definitely were like, hey, you know, uh, people love Christopher Reeves as Superman, so make your make your version of Superman in this movie like the epitome of just a wooden let, version of that. They should just let, let him do, Henry do his thing. Yeah, they should have let him do his thing. Man of Steel was better. Yep. I mean, I've seen him in other stuff. If you haven't seen Mission Impossible Fallout, do it. It's good. He's really good on that one. Yep. Just let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. He understands the character. He he has ideas himself. He for Man I mean, of Steel. Really, too. who who has played him? Okay, we obviously have Brandon Routh. <laughs> We're just gonna throw that one. Away. But who who has played him in the 21st century besides Henry Cavill? Well, I don't think anybody. They have the guy in Supergirl, but I personally, I don't like him. Apparently, some people do. I, I guess you could count Tom Welling. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess you could. He I, was not bad. He wasn't He bad. was pretty good. He was pretty good. I'd still like Henry better, though. Yeah, that's not really a super... It's more... He's so young. He's not really yeah. there yet. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's Clark, Well, he's a good Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that Henry is... is He's One really the, the 21st century Superman. Yeah. For us. And, and Sorry, Routh. You can just stick to your CW <laughs> shows. Yeah, go go back to the CW. Ray Palmer. Place, Ray. Um, that's where you belong. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the, but I did like you a lot in Scott Pilgrim. I haven't seen it, so I'll just say he's funny. Sure. Is he? Yeah, he's really funny. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Not from not from the Superman film, but from the CW shows. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. I just... Yeah, not Superman. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, Henry Cavill, very good. I like him as Superman. I love him as Superman. I think even when they try to mess him up, tried to mess him up in try to miss move in Justice League, he still like shines through a little bit. Not terrible. Not terrible. The best scene was when they had when they first woke him up and they had that fight because he didn't talk. Yes, that was a Snyder scene. All, yeah, all of that. that was good. There was a little more. T- uh, not all of it. I shouldn't say that because the the Batman part of it was and, a weed. And the only reason that I say it was good that he didn't talk is because his later dialogue is really dumb. Yeah, it, it seems like, like somebody, a total idiot. Somebody didn't know the character, didn't care for the character, and they just kind of wrote in like random dialogue, and they're like, "There you go. That's for you. Put in some hero stuff." Yeah, put in some obligatory hero mm. stuff. And I like America. Go. <laughs> the world should be at peace. So he literally says, I'm a big fan of truth, and I also like justice. <laughs> Two Steppenwolf. I don't understand the reasoning behind that. That's besides, badass, man. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just don't like understand. My them. beard is horn, so <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the character design for Steppenwolf is supposed to be quite different too the that wasn't the helmet 
I've never one. seen him before. Is it supposed to be part of his head? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's supposed to be part of his head. I mean, it's kind of indistinguishable. It's like, yeah. he never takes it off. Could he? Could when he? you have a weird alien Just naked brain? Just at the very end, uh, his helmet falls off, I think, when he's defeated. To show that he Oh, I'm so hurt. Uh, there's so much in this movie that could and actually was filmed, but they took out. Yeah. Um, but what else do you want to talk about for the um, actual filmmaking aspect of this movie? So the filmmaking aspect, we hit the we hit the writing, we hit the have the big studios thing. Uh, obviously, directing is a big part. I think we've kind of touched upon that. Yeah. Because uh, when they did the reshoots, I'm fairly certain that Joss was the resh- was the director for all of those. Yeah. And then there was obviously some stuff that Zack Snyder did, and they just kind of threw them together in, in a nice little sandwich. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I don't like either of those. I don't think either of those guys are amazing directors. I don't think they're terrible. They have their ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, so, but when you have different directors on a film, it gets, it gets complicated, it gets convoluted because the thing that a director does, you have your people, you have your, if the director, the director doesn't always work on the script. Yeah. That's kind of like a a newer type of thing where the director kind of does everything. Yeah. Sometimes the director does, sometimes they don't, but they don't always work on the script. So they take the script and then it's 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 their it's their vision of the script. Yeah. Like some some of the biggest directors in history like rarely write their own scripts or screenplays. Yeah. And but they what they do is interpret it, but obviously they don't have somebody else step in. Exactly. Like sometimes you have what is what is called a second unit director and they'll film like sidebar stuff under the authority of the of the of the main director under the direction. They'll say like, "Hey, just do this scene of these people walking and talking." Yeah. Something easy like that. Something super easy. And that's a credit that you can see mm-hmm. on films. If you look it up on IMDb, you can look at second unit directors, assistant directors, stuff like that. But you don't ever it's 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 convoluted it's messy to take away a director because it really cuts and chops the vision up yeah of a director because that's really it's really it's the main thing yeah that's what the director does because because a cinematographer also like they set up like the sets and they set up how it's going to look visually like represented in a if you were to take a photograph of it but the director is the one who like plans the visual narrative in mm. conjunction with yep. all of these people exactly because that's, like, the biggest thing about the director is, like, they could have no part of the story or the screenplay or the script, nothing. Or the cinematography. Or or that. And you assemble the visual narrative. Exactly. It's basically their interpretation of everything they're seeing from what was written and uh, told to them about the story. And they visualize it for what the audience sees. Yeah. So Quite literally, you're directing the story for the viewer. Yeah. It's what do you think of the story and what do you want them to think of the story? So what are they going to see? And that's what comes up with it. So when you have two completely different directors. They're not the same at all. Not at all. (laughs) It's all right. This guy's interpretation of it is this. And this guy's interpretation of it is that. So it's, it's clearly two completely different films. Not to mention the part where Whedon was also rushed to produce and uh, do the CGI and everything in his film after he filmed it. 
which is why you have so much bad CGI in it because that's not his fault. That's the post-production people. Yeah. So it's his vision of the film and then you try to cut it together with Snyder's vision of the film and it comes up with two weird different types of film. And you're just trying to... The Warner Brothers executives are just trying to piece it together as whatever they feel like doing. And I think this movie was honestly kind of... Once you heard like a lot, some of the talk, it was kind of doomed from the start. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those. It kind of sucks because they're... Even for the people that... Obviously enough people saw Batman v Superman. Um, yep. But the people that saw it and uh, a lot of the critics one of the few things that they mentioned in that was Ben Affleck's performance as Batman or his take on Batman and then you kind of go into this movie and you have a different take of Batman and you have a different it's take of same, Superman yeah. and it's like what what are you what are you expecting to get out of this movie when you completely change the characters but keep the actors the same it's yeah. like retconning the film in the middle of the film. It kind of doesn't make much sense, um, but they just kind of expected everybody to go along with it. And for the most part, critics didn't hate it. I don't. I think they liked it better than Batman v Superman, but I think a lot of that was the uh, the tone of it and the comedic takes on it. Yeah, they're like, oh, slightly lighter. Uh-huh. Yeah, they liked that it was lighter. <laughs> they're like, cool, it's lighter. Um, the plot is simple, but it's it's a lighter film, so we like mm. it better. So it kind of got average scores, but with the total production budget of, from what I've heard, close to $600 million and it making less than $700 million, it was almost a financial loss for them. Yeah. So them, they didn't hit their mark that they were obviously shooting for was more than $700 million, and they didn't hit that. Um, so it was financially a failure, so that turned into the complete reboot or change of the entire DC universe that they were kind of making. And we'll see what happens now. Yeah. I mean, we got Aquaman, we saw Wonder Woman coming, but then we have a kind of a Elseworlds version of Joker coming we'll, with Joaquin we'll Phoenix, which we'll see. looks exciting because it's interested. him. Yeah. And Shazam, and then, but I don't think any of this is necessarily connected unless the directors no. want to make it. I don't think it will be. But what I think that what we have endeavored to do here with this is not to argue whether Justice League is a good or a bad movie because that is something else entirely. Yeah, we're trying to show you how it was changed. Changed. Or? It was beset from the beginning by all these conflicting visions. Yeah. So hopefully we have done that, mm-hmm. and I think that is basically all I have to say on this matter. Yeah, on the uh, the fact of the way the movie turned out and the different visions on it, definitely. I mean, if yeah. you want my opinions on it <laughs> and what could have and should have happened, I could keep going. But yeah, <laughs> on the uh, that aspect of it, definitely, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, just conflicting visions and turning into a failure not on a opinion standpoint but just a factual standpoint technically yeah technical technical standpoint. standpoint 
they just didn't make enough money and the critics didn't like it enough and that's all you really need to have a failure of a film mm-hmm. which is sad because it had a lot of potential it did but it was thrown away it was completely <laughs> thrown away multiple times it seems yeah yeah um alright but I think that's about it with this film uh if you guys want us to go over anything or want anything else then comment on this however you want with whatever you want and we'll consider whatever we see yes comments will be considered as always yes in review yes alright until next time I'm Dan Fleek and I am Jesse Cassidy Until the next time on Not So Trivial Pursuits, goodbye. Later.